Here we go, kicking it off. We are back with Pet Mac. Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's dive into carbohydrates. So what you got for us, Pet? Alright, so we can go in with carbohydrates. Those are our main sources of energy for exercise. Energy. Um, specifically, moderate to high intensity exercise. It's our primary source of fuel. It is what our body runs off of to... Drop the top. <laughs> it is what our body runs off of to perform at our max peak. So, with that, carbohydrates, when you eat carbohydrates, basically those will... Uh, that's what gives you fuel, yep. right? Um, your blood glucose which uh, basically keeps you stabilized throughout the entire day. Hopefully. Hopefully, if you have enough. <laughs> um, and then your um, glycogen. So glycogen is the stored form of glucose in the muscles. Right? Right. So when you're exercising, that's where you're getting your energy from, that stored glycogen. So when you are performing, you are, or when you're eating, you're eating to fill up your glycogen stores in turn to fuel you for your workout. So I have a question, all right. I have 15 minutes before I start my workout. Okay. I've been at school all day. Okay. I'm heading in and I'm about to intake a hefty number of carbohydrates. Right. Let's say I have a uh, energy bar. Right. You know, carbohydrate base. What does that do for me? Will that help me? Depends on what's in the energy bar. Right. Um, if you are about to work out 15 minutes before mm -hmm. and you haven't eaten anything. No. I would. Hopefully you have fueled yourself before this. <laughs> so you would, so you should have some glycogen in your muscles. Um, but if not, then yes, I would go out and shoot for something, a simple carbohydrate. Right. Uh, sugar. Um, basically just in its simple form, just straight sugar. Because when you intake sugar, that's where you're gonna get your energy from. Yeah, so Mary Poppins had something going. <laughs> so with that, you do not, if you're about to exercise 15 in 15 minutes, right? you do not, I mean, you don't wanna eat too far advanced because you don't want the insulin to start kicking in. Right. Because once 100%. the insulin kicks in, that's what pulls your blood glucose into your glycogen source. Right. So you wanna eat around Anywhere from five to 15 minutes before, because once you start exercising, your body knows, okay, my body's in an exercise form, so I'm not gonna produce any insulin. Right. So, so um, you said eat around that five to 15. Mm -hmm. uh, could you clarify that? Because I, I, I'm just seeing uh, the pop that we work with walking in with a plate full of food. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately. So pre-workout, you want simple carbohydrates. Well, pre-workout, if you're about to eat right before you exercise, you want simple carbohydrates and you want moderate lean protein. Right. So when I say simple carbohydrates, anywhere from 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrates to fuel your body. Okay, could you give an example of what that would look like? Like specific? Gatorade. Okay. Um, I can't... I mean, Gatorade's a good one. Um, what are other ones? I was working with a guy who drank Body Armor. Yeah, um, Body Armor. 
Kill Cliff. Yeah, there are certain nice. there are certain Kill Cliff products that are fantastic for um, fueling your muscles with sugar. Um, you want something that will just get in quickly, so you don't want something you don't want fat because mm-hmm. fat and fiber, at that matter, will slow down absorption right. and it will. Basically, you want it to get to your muscles as quick as possible. If you have fat and fiber in that meal, it's going to take longer to digest. Gotcha. So we better eat beforehand. Yes. All right, back on track with the carbohydrates. What should my diet, how much of my diet should consist of carbohydrates? When you're looking at a diet, of course, it's always going to depend on from a calorie standpoint, it's always going to depend on how big you are, how much you're training, what type of exercise you're doing, and that will alter <clears throat> carbohydrates and calories for each individual person. Right. But from a base standpoint, whether you're training or whether you're in mid-season, you want to shoot for anywhere from 55 to 60, 65% of your calories from carbohydrates. Okay. And, and that's with athletes more so. That's with athletes more so, yes. Okay, so what, what about my gym pop listeners? Um, where, where should we, let's say we're, you know, we're, we're slightly active, but majority of our day we're at the office. You're slightly, you still want to shoot more than 50. Okay. Um, but I mean, you can also take it down, okay, I'm not as active as these athletes. I'm not going to be burning calories as quickly as possible and carbohydrates as quickly as possible so you want to shoot anywhere from probably around 45 to 55 percent okay um and also you're just your everyday regular joe who has an office job who wants to work out to look as good as possible or just because they like exercising it's pool season uh, it's pool season so when you think of carbohydrates look at the word carb hydrate Right, so it's a carbon bond with hydrogen bonds that are uh, attached to it. Right. Um, so it, it's water. Basically, it's just water that's attached to it. So when you have carb, uh, carbohydrates, you're also holding a lot of additional water. So when you do decrease your carbohydrates, you will lose water as well, which in turn will make you look leaner. Okay, got you. Um, Showtime. Showtime. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So, you said our needs are based more so, or we should uh, base our needs more so, you know, gym pop off of body size and whatnot. You're expecting a, a lighter than normal uh, or lighter than an athlete uh, intensity, lower intensity workouts for the most part. Right. Um, and so we should base it around that. And then for athletics, also our body size plus our activity level. And with that, the more muscle you have on your butt, on yourself too, you will burn more calories because it does take more calories to maintain muscle mass than it does fat mass. Right. That's why we love to lift. Exactly. So that's why you do, people go out there and just do straight cardio. Right. Cardio, cardio, cardio. Cardi B, Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Uh. Which, I mean, if you like cardio, go out and do cardio. That's fine. But mix in strength training and uh, weights because you will be adding muscle mass and you will be maintaining your muscle mass 
And so, yes, you will be burning calories at a faster pace, which in turn will help you keep the pounds off. Cool. Uh, so that's, uh, what happens if we introduce too many carbohydrates? I mean, I guess that's obvious, but just... If you introduce too many carbohydrates, I mean, <clears throat> once your muscle glycogen stores are full, right? and I can't think about it off the top of my head right now, but I mean, your liver has glycogen. Your liver glycogen is what your body uses throughout the day to maintain your blood glucose levels. Right. Um, I think off the top of my head, your liver glycogen, your, your liver can store anywhere from 60 to 100 grams. I'll look it up real quick just to make sure. Um, glycogen. So we store 60 to 100 grams. Just ballparking. Uh, just ballparking, yeah. And then your muscles, I think, is anywhere from like 450 to 500 grams. Okay. So you do store more in your muscles. And from there, you know, like I'm like, ooh, I love carbs. Here's a pizza. I'm going to eat it. And that's <laughs> realistically, huh. that has been my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, muscle glycogen provides 1,400 to 2,000 calories or 350 to 500 grams of glycogen. Um, which is enough for 90 minutes of endurance exercise. Okay. So what categorizes endurance exercise? High intensity exercise, running, swimming, just something where you're constantly going. Um, and then liver glycogen provides about 400 calories or hundred grams of glycogen. Um, but with that, the more trained of an athlete you are and the more trained you are at providing your muscle, those carbohydrates, the more glycogen your body can store. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how do we get to that state as far as being uh, trained to really take advantage of the carbohydrates? It's called carbo-loading. And so when you are in... I did a little bit of a study on this a long time ago, so it's not on the top of my tongue. Right. But you shoot for anywhere... You shoot for... 65 to 70, 75% of carbohydrates. Awesome. And this is for the endurance athlete who is going to go out and do a triathlon or a marathon or just something that's going to take up a majority of the day. Cool. Um, so, so when we, you know, um, you wouldn't want to introduce that on race day. Uh, how far out would you introduce something like that? You start training months in advance. Mm-hmm. You're always training for your activity. Um, but leading up to the event, it's training, 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 increasing carbohydrates, increasing carbohydrates, increasing carbohydrates. About a week, a week and a half before the event, you go back to your normal eating habits. Right. And then you rest as well because you don't want to sit there and push yourself and push yourself and push yourself. And once once race day comes, yep. you are exhausted and you're just burnt out. Yes. Exactly. So, I mean, about a week, a couple days before the event, you want to calm down. You just want to eat on a normal level. The day before the event, that's when you sit there and you rest and you don't do anything. You just rest. Mm -hmm. But you're also, that's when you'll sit there and be like, okay, I need carbohydrates. I need to fuel myself with carbohydrates for tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what I'm hearing, and this is speaking to a large number of athletes that are uh, we're going to share this with 
not only should you train for your event, but your nutrition habits should become a part or be intertwined with your training habits. Because if I wait till the event day or the, the day that I need to peak, um, it's all for naught. Uh, as far as like, hey, look, I'm going to clean up my intake today. Meet clean today because I got a game. It's not going to do anything. Not at all. It might make you mentally feel like, yeah, I'm on top of mm-hmm. it. But from a physical standpoint, that's not going to do anything. Right. Um. Key point is nutrition is 80%. Right. Training is 20%. Gotcha. So you can train all you want if you're not properly nourishing yourself. Like DJ was just saying, it's all for nothing. Right. So carbohydrates, we got carbohydrates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need a few more. Or actually, I had to, uh, I'm I'm lagging. I should be good. Yep. Did you see what I ate? I did. Yeah, it was perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect balance. Um, so with the carbs and whatnot, whatnot, uh, we touched on uh, glycogen and glucose. And kind of broke that down so that we have a, a better understanding of those terms. Um, what else could we, or what else could you share with uh, this audience as far as carbohydrates uh, from from a nutrition standpoint? From an athletic standpoint, this touches back on the gluconeogenesis we were mm-hmm. talking about with protein in the last uh, right last episode. Um, if you are not properly fueled with carbohydrates, yes, you will start using your protein for muscle or your protein and muscle for energy. Um, when you ingest carbohydrates, you are putting yourself in an anabolic state. So instead of your body breaking down, your body is using what's in your system and not getting into your stores mm-hmm. or is building up. Regeneration. Exactly. And so that is why it is very important if you are trying to gain weight or if you're trying to gain muscle mass, right. it is always important to have some source of carbohydrates in your system so it's not getting into your muscles and it's not getting into your stores. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, an example of that, during a workout, just be sipping on a Gatorade, mm-hmm. something with simple sugar. Um, and it doesn't have to be a Gatorade. It can be something like another one of those uh, products we were talking about earlier. Right, any sports drink. That- any sports drink. Um, and then with that protein, uh, whey protein, mm-hmm. just having that during a workout as well, or having that right before, or right after a workout, you will start building your muscles back up. You'll start building your right. body back up as quickly as possible. So keeping that, um, or helping to facilitate a constant state, um, for growth, mm-hmm. you suggest intra-workout, intra Wow. Yeah, intra workout yep. um, supplements and whatnot, as far as more so carbohydrate based. Right. Okay. Yeah, and we touched on that as far as, you know, not having the fats and the fibers to, right. to slow you down. You don't want the fats mm-hmm. and the fibers because that will sit in your stomach. And when it sits in your stomach, your body is going to pull all the blood from your extremities to your stomach to digest the food. Right, which is not what we want. Which is not what you want Mm -hmm. because that can create fatigue, that can create cramping, that can create just uh, abdominal distress, 
and it'll make your body just feel tired and weak and not have any energy because you're not getting that blood flow to your extremities to complete the exercises. 100%. That's awesome. Um, I have a couple more questions, more so GP-based, Jim Pop. Um, The diets that are restrictive as far as carbohydrates go, uh, could you give like more so some info you know i'm not one to bash any um i don't necessarily bash the fad diets Mm -hmm. um from the sense of oh don't do that because you know when you get into them and look at them at some point (laughs) there was a reason yeah and from a basis standpoint uh most stem from you know some some method of implementation to help facilitate X need. Um, but by the time they reach the masses, they've been uh, <laughs> oversimplified and, yep. you know, uh, they're taken to the extreme. So if you could kind of give, you know, some things to look for when selecting a nutrition path uh, or, or, you know, some things to look for when you are looking at, and I'm, I'm giving the air quotes, a fad diet. When you're eating, I don't like calling things diet because mm-hmm. me personally, I don't follow a diet. I can fit every food into a balanced diet because, okay, I know if I go out and have something I shouldn't be eating regularly, mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat it all the time. Right. I'm going to eat it for enjoyment. But when I'm eating, I eat to nourish my body. Not for pleasure, not for enjoyment, not for taste. I eat to nourish my body, to fuel myself, to fuel myself for the rest of the day. Right. Um, and with that, there are so many fad diets and a couple of the popular ones I've seen has now the uh, keto diet, which is <laughs> high, high fat, uh, moderate protein, and literally zero to 15, 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. When you sit there and look at carbohydrates, just to put that into perspective, one medium to large banana is about 30 grams of carbohydrates. Right. So you can't even eat a piece of fruit. Um, or it'll get you out of that ketosis zone. Right. Um, so what the keto diet does is people are so high on that. Like we were talking about earlier, when you exclude di- uh, carbohydrates from your right. diet, you're getting rid of your glycogen stores. So you're getting rid of some weight right there. You're getting rid of all those water stores. So you're getting rid of that weight right there. Right, so you see a dramatic decrease in weight initially, and right. that gets people feeling, "Oh man, this what this workout's fantastic, this is or awesome. this diet's fantastic. I've lost like so much, so much weight in like two weeks." Well, you lost water weight and you lost glycogen stores. Right, it's not fat. It's not fat. Yeah, percent. <laughs> <100%, I'm with laughs> and once that initial weight loss happens and then they start to get discouraged because you plateau it plateaus Mm -hmm. and yes they are eating somewhat better um well not necessarily better they are following a diet they're more conscious about it they're following something that they think is working and that will lead to decreased calories Mm -hmm. which will in turn lead to weight loss right but after a certain amount you have to also increase your exercise right. because when your body, like your body, like say my basal metabolic rate is mm-hmm. 2,500 calories. Right. So if I sat on the couch and did absolutely nothing 
did not move for a single day, I burned 2,500 calories. Right. Your body will adjust to that. So if you're burning, so say if you ingest 2,000 calories instead of 25,000 calories, your body will adjust to that and will burn, uh, will live off of 2,000 calories. Right. And so that's why you always have to increase that uh, exercise with that to keep on seeing weight loss. Right, 100%. Um, but that's just a little bit about the keto diet. Basically, it's putting your body into ketosis. So instead of... So what's going on, uh, just to give a review, what's going on? Your um, body, when you eat carbohydrates, your body is... The energy is coming from the glucose. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you don't have that glucose, you need your, you need your energy to come to somewhere. Your body is trying to spare its muscle because the muscle is what keeps you going. Right. Um, literally. I mean, literally. Your heart is a muscle, and if your body just fed off your muscles constantly, you would wither away, and you would stop. Mm-hmm. You would stop living. Um, so it goes. In, it gets into the fat stores. So yes, your body is you, instead of using glucose or instead of using muscle and protein, your body is using ketones. Um, there's a whole biochemistry pathway ish behind that um i'll have to definitely go back and re we'll do it expand myself we'll, we'll go over that for <laughs> sure but um your body's using ketones as energy now one reason the keto the keto uh ketogenic diet is so popular which i actually learned this in my internship and i thought it was freaking awesome was it's used for seizures mm-hmm. um and so after like multiple drugs have been tried and they don't work for the seizures, then they prescribe the ketogenic diet. And it has shown to have a dramatic decrease in the amount of seizures people have. Okay. Because, and the thought that behind that is like your, your brain is using a different metabolic uh, pathway. Right. And from a scientific standpoint, you're using the ketone pathway and not the glucose pathway. And so that does something where you don't have seizures. I don't know, but I think it's really cool. Yeah, no, <laughs> stuff like that is cool. It is, and um, I know um, one athlete come, comes to mind. Um, she's a diabetic. Mm-hmm. I forget which type, uh, but she she prescribes a ketogenic diet, and okay. it, it helps her manage uh, her insulin usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so less pricks or less injections, and um, less. Uh, Total volume of insulin. Okay. Uh, predict, yeah, it's awesome. That's actually really cool. That's really cool. And it's honestly has helped with her body composition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are a couple others that I know of that come to mind that also utilize it for health reasons and health management. Um, but <laughs> as far as athletics go, hmm. But from from a standpoint, as, as far as athletics go, I would never, I would never recommend that. Right. But from a health standpoint, you would really have to make sure you're getting all of the micronutrients that right. you're, that are needed mm-hmm. to basically make sure that your body can function at its peak level. Um, so yeah, there are some downfalls with it. There, I'm not going to sit there and say it's the worst diet in the world, but I mean it should be used for athletic swimming. Okay, gotcha. So, any others that come to mind? Another one that comes to mind is the paleo diet. 
right. which is very similar to the keto diet, but instead of going to the extreme extremity of the keto diet, you can actually have some more carbohydrates. Um, off the top of my head, with the paleo diet, you can't have dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't. Ha- you have to limit your fruit intake. You have to limit your grains. You can't have beans and legumes, and. <clears throat> With diets, yes, they can work because people become more cautious of what they're eating. Right. So, yes, they can eat better foods, and yes, they can eat less foods, and so in turn, because you're eating less foods, you are going to lose weight. Um, But with that, just some of the stuff I've seen on the paleo diet is just very misinformed. Right. Yeah, Um, no, 100%. I think it's one of those where... You know, even front end. Um, but what, what it, they do is they will literally sit there and say, oh, you cannot eat beans and legumes because you do not digest them. Right. Well, no, it's not the beans and legumes that you're not digesting. Um, they're full of fiber, <laughs> which is fantastic for weight loss. Right. Um, increased fiber in the diet has been shown to a decrease in abdominal weight circumference, mm-hmm. um, a decrease in fat. Uh, stabilized blood glucose levels, um, lower cholesterol, um, just great metabolic results. Right. And they just go, you can't eat these because they don't digest. Well, it's like they, which is true to some extent, right? because they're full of fiber and we do not digest fiber. Slows it down. Exactly. It slows it down. And what fiber does is when you eat fiber, it expands in your stomach and absorbs glucose. Mm Mm-hmm. So say just a regular Joe, like nobody exercising at all, not even just like just nobody exercising. Say they drink glucose, say they drink like a Gatorade or eat like just a massive amount of sugar, right? Your blood glucose levels are going to skyrocket, get to the peak and then just straight go straight down fall. Okay. Okay. When that happens, you have food cravings, you crash, you get... You get way high and then you get way low. Right. Right. So you crash, you get tired, you get ornery, and you have those food cravings. Like you just crave sugar constantly. And when that happens, your insulin sensitivity basically becomes just like non existent. Yeah, 100%. Um, when you incorporate fiber into your diet, instead of your blood glucose levels skyrocketing and then just straight falling, they will slowly increase mm-hmm. and then slowly decrease. Which is more manageable. Which is much more manageable, which keeps you energized, which... You don't have that, what is it, a 2.30 feeling? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't, you, just, you don't just crash. Um, and there are just great benefits with fiber. Um, but the what the paleo diet is, they just say we don't digest fiber. You shouldn't eat it. Right. And then they just kind of stop there and don't go into any more science. So another one of those that's been taken, and and I've seen it implemented well, uh, but for the most part, <laughs> um, I get to hear it in its extremes, uh, mm-hmm. where where you get that don't do this because it's bad, right. you know, and there's no explanation as to. Or, or no basis really right. for the it's bad right. well I mean like there was a <laughs> there was a funny skit that I, I saw not too long ago and it was talking about it was like a 
a video of these two, this couple that was on a date, and the girl was like, the waiter came up and was like, hey, do you want this fish and like this lamb, lemon herb crusted, like a crap on it. It was just a type of fish and all this kind of stuff and had some like special sauce on it. And she was like, oh man, that sounds unbelievable. I'll have the uh, bacon cheeseburger with no bun. <laughs> she was like, I thought you said that. I thought you said that sounded delicious. It does, but they didn't have this sauce in the Paleolithic era. Uh, so you're gonna. So it's it's not healthy because of the sauce, right. basically, right. because it wasn't around in the Paleolithic era, so they didn't eat this. Um, I, I just thought it was funny. It went. It was going around for a little bit, but um. There are some good things. Yeah, it's, it's so true. That oh, can man. come from the paleo. Di- there, uh, I'm there just are... thinking of some instances where it was, I've had you know conversations yeah. like that where it's like that wasn't around then. I'm like, well, well, look, all right, start walking everywhere, uh, and start actually you doing the physical labor that we've used, uh, we've mechanized and whatnot. Right. And let let's see how you fare. Right. Uh, you know, since we want to take it to the extreme, yeah. uh, which actually that book I, I referenced earlier, it touches on a lot of that. Uh, okay. But not getting into that, <laughs> <laughs> not getting into it. I can speak on that for a while. That's awesome, Pat. Um, so those two, and you know, we call them fad diets, and I, like I said, I like to use the term somewhat loosely um, in most circumstances. Um, because again, there are situations where they make sense, mm-hmm. uh, but I think to generalize and, and shoot them out to the masses and mis- with lack of information, uh, I think that's where we screw up. I don't think it's really a lack of information. It's just they exclude information on on purpose, yeah, yeah, so okay. they can get a product out. I agree. Um, now there's two diets that I absolutely love, and they're scientifically proven to work to reduce to reduce blood pressure, to reduce cholesterol levels, to reduce uh, weight. Mm-hmm. That's the DASH diet, okay. which is a dietary approach to stop hypertension. Right. So that diet's basically just very, very high in fruits and vegetables, um, whole grains, lean meats, healthy fats. Your healthy fats are your olive oils, your avocados, your nuts, mm-hmm. your peanut butters. Those are your monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. So trying to exclude saturated and trans fat. Not exclude, but limit your saturated and your trans fats. Right. So, and then the Mediterranean diet's another one, which is very similar to the DASH diet. Right. Just whole foods, mm-hmm. um, whole grains, beans, legumes, fruits, vegetables, fish, olive oil. Sounds delicious. It does. Oh man. It does. Thinking about protein sources like lamb. I love lamb. Lamb's good. You know what else is good? That's good. Veal. Oh, <laughs> small animals, right? <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Hey, let's conclude carbs on that and let's get into protein. So we're going to, if you're just hopping on this carb train, um, we're going to give a breakdown of each macronutrient individually. Uh, so you can come to the part that you need and get the info you need when you need it rather than link them all together and you have to work through it. Uh, so that's going to conclude carbohydrates and tune in for or select the protein block, which we will hammer out now.